I mean, we've seen Pomp. Pomp's announced he's going away from sponsors. Because all the sponsors went bankrupt. I participated James and Drew. In, in spirit. So what? Block we, five. So Rocket we, ship. Get on board. So why is block? Why does BlockFi need this much money? First of all. Ten seconds later. There's a report, and I referenced this at the top of the the the, the, uh, the segment here about uh, another crypto-related entity that may be in trouble. Wall Street Journal uh, reporting that BlockFi is preparing for a potential bankruptcy. I watched a clip before we did this interview in which you called it a, quote, rocket ship. Get on board, you said. I am bullish, bullish, bullish. I mean, isn't that part of the problem? Don't you have any regrets whatsoever for making statements like that and perhaps putting people who are less experienced than you into some of these assets? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the cell. Silence. Don't just print out a thin air, right? It, they don't just go and get a big pile of fucking no, paper. No, no, no. It, it's got to be backed it. by the government promise to pay their debts. Which they have never done. <laughs> it's depressing when you when you break it down. Boom, we are back. Yes, that's right. Bullish Bitcoin banter and bullshit. Pod 107 brought to you, as always, by the four Bs, including Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Chat, myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution, and surprise, surprise, for 107, she's not here, Mrs. No Show, a.k.a. Mrs. No Show. But that's great because we can make her whatever we want to. What do you mean? We don't have to. Any ideas this week? (laughs) She's she's the ESG strategist, isn't she? Uh, For as long as that's the flavor of the month. She's the strategy director out of the four of us. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, we haven't had the. Young MBA on the show for quite some time now. He's busy. And has been doing a Bitcoin program. What's happened to him? Has he fallen into the world of veganism? (laughs) (laughs) I think think three kids, five and under, doing a full time job, and his missus doing a full time job and doing an MBA. I I think that kind of fills his day. And then it sounds like it's a bunch it. of excuses. Yeah, so get that soy burger out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and no, if the good listen, thing is, the, one if of you those things. to this whilst taking the kids to nursery or school, they're ashamed of you. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be listening and he'll be weeping into a soy burger. But uh, I was actually on the, I was on the phone to him earlier on today and uh, and speaking to him about his dissertation. And he is very much, you know, 
bullish on Bitcoin and uh, explaining to the masses exactly what is money via the channel of Bitcoin. So, uh, yeah, it's doing really well. Really it, good it's to read if you'll share yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, well, um, his lecturer, who is uh, 30 years deep into be being an economist, is keen to publish it potentially as well. Really? Um, yeah. Even though no doubt a Keynesian economist. Well, this is it. When she uh, when she first heard the idea, completely off, you know, thought, no, not at all. This is going to lead you to a direct fail. Keep going, young MBA, and, uh, you know, you'll be that kid at the bottom of the class. But, no, you might be getting the award and the merit. So, cool. uh, yeah, more power to him. Yeah, when he, does it? When does it end? It's the end of this month. Yeah, end of this month. Oh, brilliant! Well, he's he looking for the for anyone that wants to draft read the, his version of the dissertation. So, if you're up for it, I'll, I'll read it. it. How long is it? Uh, Quite well, lengthy. I, I haven't seen it for a while, but it, I think it's about twenty pages. Then it's probably longer now. You, you've seen the latest. Uh, it's Sixty. He sends it with with uh, sixty with obviously all of the appendices and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we shared a couple of links in terms of you know just drafts and things that he can talk about. One thing that we touched on that he was quite surprised about was uh, CBDCs and the nature of CBDCs and how they are already here within China as well and uh, well, the social credit with... score they help they speed up <laughs> they... payments they can help, they help the money in and it yeah. stops the um the naughty people from doing naughty stuff well it helps people not uh travel on railways and uh booking flights and and being part of society so yeah if that's how you're Determining Funnily enough, I don't think we've got it as a story <laughs> this week, but um, Nat West are apparently imposing limits on cash withdrawals and um, was it um, deposits within a day? So they're putting them quite a lot lower. The way mm. they, I, I know someone that banks with Nat West and they actually sent me their a screenshot of it. So yeah, so by the, the end of August 2023... This is specifically to crypto exchanges, but let's just say it's Bitcoin. Oh, this is another thing then. Uh, well, it is NatWest. But I was going to is... say, but, but NatWest is about actual just cash, like they're helping phase oh. out cash, which has always been a bit of a conspiracy theory. What do you mean? What, they don't let you deposit cash? Yeah, they're, like, they're limiting. They're putting it down even further on how much you can withdraw in a day and deposit. Oh, right. Well, it's it's always been pretty low though, hasn't it? It's, what are they like four, three hundred, two fifty? Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, but apparently they're putting it lower, and then depends also on the, the bank. The deposits, I think, were all, and I think it's also you can move around ten grand based upon your like money laundering limits, whereas now they're just pushing it down and down. So mm. like it is, you know, you're getting less actual physical cash from that west, which is you know everyone's who's obviously a right wing. Um, right-wing conspiracy theorist terrorist mm. um, is up in arms. But, you know, what's wrong with that? You can trust the government. Yeah, they're just trying to protect you. It's fraud yeah. prevention, isn't it? But, yeah. They, they, it they, depends they, on they, the bank of who you bank with on the limits and the type of customer. 
But I think we saw it with the crypto, though. Like, we saw it start, I think, with Santander, and it spread out um, throughout the different banks. So there's obviously, you know, someone controlling the strings there because you don't just do the same things as everyone else. You should be looking for opportunities in the business if you're a real company. Oh, yeah, of course. Like the banks clearly are not doing this because of fraud problems. They're doing it because of control issues with the population. But yeah, so this one I was about to read out. This is again NatWest. So they maybe NatWest are almost like the guinea pig one. It's one of the smaller banks in the UK. So maybe they're just using them to go. If customers leave here, like who cares? They're one of the smaller ones. But for crypto now, if you want to buy your Bitcoin, you can only move two and a half grand for a single payment. That's the max, two and a half grand out of your account sent to a crypto exchange. And there's a limit of 10K for every rolling 30-day period. So they're essentially, you know, this is the the thing, right? This is what we all said was going to happen. It's they're, they're noticing that there's a flight from fear into Bitcoin. So need to stem the flow. And so what's the perfect way of stemming that flow? Just reduce the size of the payments. Like, that would have stopped me in my tracks uh, five, six yeah. years ago, however long ago it was now. I was selling huge amounts of shares that I'd held for a decade or more. And I want—I I just went all in on Bitcoin. I just switched my trade, really, from the company I was working for, switched it all into Bitcoin. That would have stopped me completely. It would have taken me a couple of years to get it out of that bank and into bitcoin if i'd have done it so you would have had to um go with a different bank and then it would have been as the bank slowly closed down you're kind of very limited aren't you yeah well the Mm. whole thing is to just go imagine if that's over every bank right because this is this is the canary in a coal mine again isn't it right you got to look for the signs and if the and this is the one of the canaries has fallen off its perch and you can keep walking into that mine going i don't think the gas is that bad that canary was just sick but then if you see multiple canaries fall down in a row, you go, if you keep walking, you're going to you're gonna die, right? The canaries are there for a reason. And so when one bank does this and starts limiting people being able to buy Bitcoin quite significantly, right? So for the average person, that's fine. But if you want, if you're selling and you've got an accumulated wealth that you've built up and you want to make sure it's, it's safe, they're basically stopping you from, in one foul swoop, keeping it safe. They're letting people DCA, but they're not letting people move the, the bulk of their net wealth um, into Bitcoin. And that's just one bank. And it's easy just to dismiss that and go, oh, it's fine. That's just one bank. But eventually it becomes all the banks. And now suddenly the people that go, oh, I've got this pension fund or I've got all these stocks and shares. I want to, I've got this lump of cash that I had for a rainy day, but hyperinflation's hit. I want to get into Bitcoin. I've got two, 300 grand here my retirement but hyperinflation's hitting it i need to get into bitcoin quick i can't just put it in 10 grand a month it's going to take me 12 years and yeah. my money will be worthless at the end of 12 years you go you were too late you needed to get like get it out now the the, the limitations are not here they're coming but they're not completely here if you work for if you bank with nat west as, as of in three weeks time or two weeks time it, it, it is now in place and i can guarantee i think of, well, there is no other way is there you know yeah you can obviously you can get around it by setting up things like bank. peer-to-peer utilizing people abroad so you'd almost have like agents so i think well you now know, you're getting into the world of money laundering where you're smurfing and essentially well it's not it's using a um 
because it's not illegal. You well, it's not illegal. You'd be paying an agent fee to someone abroad who'd be in some kind of contract to buy you Bitcoin and do it that way. Because you be law- careful, though, if, if you're buying an asset that is over over 10K and they don't have an anti-money, an AML, KYC license on their end, then you are breaking the law. You are money laundering. Uh, you can't, you can't, I, you, you can, you, you can't, like the, the world is so fucking locked down. Like the second yeah. you are doing a large financial tr- transaction outside of a financial institution that has KYC and AML on it, you are breaking the law, guaranteed. And it's just whether they prosecute you or not. There's a chance they don't care, but they're doing these things for a reason, right? They're doing this to lock this down. And yeah, the, 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 and the problem is, right, for the average person, you just want to go, oh, I've been saving my money. I've been waiting for ages. Bitcoin's at 300K a coin now. I know I fucked up, but I've managed to save my 200 grand of retirement money. I don't want it to go to waste. So I want to buy my three three quarters of a coin. And unfortunately, you don't have to tell that person, well, you can't. You can buy 10 grand a month for however many months your money's worth. And who knows what the price of Bitcoin will be at the end. And when they go, what's the other way? You go, well, you go peer to peer and you kind of go into the black market and you've got to freaking send 300 grand or whatever it is to someone and hope they send you three quarters of a Bitcoin back and you've got to put it in escrow. And they're not going to fucking do that. They're, they're just not. They're like, already messing with their life savings, aren't they? So, yeah. There's a reason why they're late. Like, not yeah. only are they a little bit dumb, they're probably a little bit behind on technology. They're probably a little bit behind on investments. So, I don't know. It's 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 the recurring theme, obviously. It's the freaking whole freaking message of this podcast, which is buy Bitcoin now. Like we're fucking bullish. Like and do it. Do it yeah. once it's easy. It's it has never been easier to buy Bitcoin. Like literally, how how easy it is to buy Bitcoin will be a bell curve where it started off really difficult and got more and more easy. And then eventually I think we're at the top of that curve now. And we're about to start curving down. And the only reason it's going to be harder to buy Bitcoin isn't because the technology around Bitcoin was failing or anything, it will be government intervention is going to want to start trying to make Bitcoin harder to buy with limitations no, like no, this. Nothing's bad has ever happened with, with government intervention, has it? <laughs> <laughs> I can see you brought your funny hat with you today. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have a live question which I, I wanted to ask you both. So a couple of pods back, I recall uh, mentioning that somebody messaged me about what to do in terms of Bitcoin. And I said, you know, if you're starting off with 100, 20 on the book and 80 into Bitcoin. Now, I haven't followed up with it. And I just wondered whether or not you guys ever follow up with people that interact with you, or do you just think, leave it, if they do it, they do it, and you wait for them. Because I'm interested, but I'm like, I gave you the advice. You either take it or you don't take it. No, I, I leave them. It's it, I, I honestly think if you if you do do too much and you follow up and start pushing, I think it comes across a little bit salesy mm. in yeah. a way because it, it, that is what you would do in your day to day job, right? Yeah, that's how you that's how you close. You know, you, you close. You keep you keep that thing top of mind. But no, for me. And obviously, I've been doing this for so fucking long now. That yeah. And I, I was trying to do that with you guys, right? I was trying to freaking get you to do it and pestering you. That's the weather, just buy Bitcoin. And it, and it <laughs> like, happened, <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah, and then I left you alone. 
pretty much just <laughs> gave up and then you just popped up one day and went oh my god i fucking been orange pilled am i like, oh fuck this happened like and it, so in my experience i think i messaged you saying i've bought this book the bitcoin standard <laughs> yeah and then three days later you're like oh <laughs> like i've been enlightened yeah and so yeah. i think it's it's literally well, it's laminating the book as well bought two copies it's like the freaking old story like you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink I drag as many people to the water as possible and then leave them I'm not going to come back and go did you drink because you can't like some people walk off and, and eventually everyone gets there in their own mind and, and I think it has to be their own decision it's literally like when you're trying to put a new business idea into like your office or something you have to try and make it feel like it's a group decision and everyone's had input even though really yeah, you just told them to do it but it's got to be it's got to feel that way otherwise people don't embrace it and, and and go forward with it if if they if every time i push people they end up being they, they buy a tiny amount and they're checking in with me constantly and it's like you you're not on your own you're still got the stabilizers on and you're just buying it because i told you to and that isn't how I want anyone to buy Bitcoin. You should buy Bitcoin because yeah. you want to buy it. You believe in it. It's the new monetary system of the globe. So people take lots of different times to get that. And maybe following up and stuff would help. Maybe it pushes it in faster. Who knows? But I tend to just go, nah. I I, I never just stop talking about it when people are around. Yeah, yeah. I don't go, did you buy? How much? Da, 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 da. I just let them do it. This, I leave them alone. My it, that, that's been my approach so far just le- left yeah. it whether you do it you do it if not if not but yeah I thought I'd uh, just flow that out there I'm quite passive as well around it so I remember one person that gave a lift to this event and basically we talked about the decreasing value of money and kind of like approached that way I said you should read this book like just buy the sample off Kindle she's got a Kindle and he's never he downloaded it never read it like I checked with him about three months later, nothing. I've just given up. I think when I checked in, I just said to him, have fun um, staying poor. Um, <laughs> and then another one was, he was, I don't know how you describe it. Like he was a shit coiner as well as a Bitcoiner. So he's that kind of like interested by technology. He's like, but Ethereum's like everything. And this is one of the dads at my daughter's school. And I was like, it's a shit coin. It thinks it's everything because it's nothing. You know, it's have a look at it and what they're doing. How a fuck can uh, decentralized money have a roadmap? And he um, did sell it all after um, probably a few weeks after that conversation, but he messaged me. I didn't chase him. And my kind of approach to everyone else is I don't talk to anyone about Bitcoin unless they ask. And, but what I do talk about is what kind of leads towards Bitcoin. So all the problems, you know, you talk about like governments, inflation. So when it comes to a conversation, I'll talk about it. And there is some educating going on because people are led to believe it's all natural and good. But I never say Bitcoin's the solution. I'm just trying to move people along in their understanding Mm. of it. And that's my kind of approach to it is just help people understand what's going on and let them make their own way. Yeah, no, that, that is without realizing it as well. I do the same because quite often when you mention Bitcoin, people straight away 
they have a switch off or they just go, oh, it's, it's too much. So instead, I just erode their confidence in the government little by little. Because everything they mention, right, I just go with what they're saying, right? And it's just, this costs too much. Yeah, oh, you know, I want to go on holiday and da 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 and in work, this thing's happening. It's just fucking garbage. I've got, I've got pronouns on my email now. And, and, mm -hmm. I, and each time I just, everything comes back to the same thing, right? This is the the government manipulating and controlling and profiteering. And they're trying to keep you in this system and keep you controlled and keep you poor. And you, you, all you got to do is to push them and ask them a couple of questions. And they, they get really quite just... Well, this is it. Like, I've broken my my socialist friend am i like he's no longer putting socialist theories towards me the latest is he's gonna buy bitcoin because of a speculation from the black rocky black rock etf okay. so he's kind of like on that journey yeah, but i he knows that i'm a bitcoiner so he says oh you i know you're gonna say the answer's bitcoin but i'm like well, what's the solution then i say like you know we talk about the problems and it's always about the money it's always led back to these short-term decisions, but he knows what my my solution will always be. I'm like, well, you tell me what else they could do. Yeah. Like he says, gold. I say, well, how much gold is there? How can you have a a hard currency based on something which you don't know? Yeah, man. Let's let's just jump into the stories, right? Because this is like let's do it. Our our let's and we'll break from tradition, but our second story just fits perfectly with this with what you just said there, right? And it's a Reddit post, and it's just a video that's two minutes long. Uh, I actually, I will, I will link it. I'll link. <laughs> just yeah probably, i wasn't sure i wasn't sure i was gonna say I, you only need to play 10 seconds of yeah just get to I, yeah i won't link the full two minute 18 i'll just link like a 30 second and essentially all it is it's just the value of your entire life's work replicated in two minutes and it just follows what, what do you mean two minutes that is not going to be a whole life's work that is like millions of people's life work on that conveyor belt that is phenomenal yeah. amounts of money but yeah. where does it all go where do those trillions go because they certainly don't go back into the population but it's nuts isn't it? It's, it i think it's very interesting just following those blank sheets of paper it's just paper right yeah it, it's the same kind of paper we put in our printers that you'd print a newspaper with you know you read the news throw it in the bin the next day or it's it's in the it's in the rabbit hutch and it's getting pissed and shit on by the rabbit right it's the same paper, but this paper is magic paper. It goes into a special printer. And now this paper, you don't just read it and throw it away. You keep it and you can buy food and houses and cars and everything well, in the world. But how many rows of that do you need to buy a chomp now? <laughs> no, Freddo. It's a Freddo, not Freddo, a Freddo. 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 35p for a Freddo. I know. I saw that, and I just went, "My God!" I think I remember when it was ten pence. I was even five. Yeah, and P. I can remember personally. Really? I, yeah. I I remember that just because I put a post on LinkedIn about Freddos, and some dickhead came in and going, "TVs have gone down in price, though." 
Do, Deflationary do technology. <laughs> do you actually think inflation doesn't exist? He was like, no, of course it does. And what's your point then, dickhead? Just go on. One thing which I'd like to pull back out of this video is we haven't mentioned, but what you're w- witnessing in the video is GDP being stimulated. That That is the economy being stimulated. <laughs> that's economy growth there. If you look that's in the background, a, a there's a guy called... If you look in the background of one of the, in the, in the <laughs> shop, there's a guy with economy written on his head and he's being jerked off. So, <laughs> but for me, you that's think... definitely economy being stimulated. So. But anyone who's on the fence, which I doubt they're listening to our podcast blabbering on about Bitcoin, if you're on the fence and you kind of go, oh, but the economy's growing every year by 2%. That's the economy growing by 2% right there. And let's not even forget that this is the physical side of money, not the digital side of money, mm-hmm. where essentially it is somebody at a keyboard holding down the zero. But but this is it. I just, <laughs> I just, I just let you, go. Yeah. It just pisses me off whenever like anything like this comes up to like, oh, the economy's growing. It's like, We've grown the monetary supply by about 40, 45% in the last two, three years. And the GDP has grown by one to 2%. So do you think the economy has grown or do you think it shrank by about 15% per year? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, a lot of the time, though, people just don't understand. And just watching that video in isolation isn't enough they have to have the building blocks and the understanding of money and what is actually going on so to your point when you're talking about you know the stimulation of the economy they're like well uh, i'm just still trying to pay for you know mcdonald's or whatever on um (laughs) not finance uh buy now pay later yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I think there was a post on Twitter, which I think Mr. Orlin commented on because it came into my feed. And it's some guy who's saying, you know, what's everyone moaning about? Um, nothing's really happened. The economy's growing. More people are employed, blah, blah, blah. Then it's the next one, like a year or two later, where it's his shopping. And he's like, this cost me $250. And it's just like, this is why your shopping costs you $250 mm. because they're doing this. And there's no... There's no benefit to you as a person. All you're, all that's happening is you're having the invisible tax, and it's been at such an extreme amount over the last um, few years that that's why it's hit so hard. Yeah, and and all this money printing as well, all all that paper being printed, it wouldn't be anywhere near as bad if it was being based on the amount of gold coming out of the ground. If there was two percent. <laughs> They'd be fucking mining asteroids if that was the case, if it was still on a gold standard like oh. that. They'd be like, fuck it, let's get into space yeah. and mine uh, all these asteroids to. to get more gold. Yeah. So they'd be like, oh, we've made 40% more gold this year. You're poorer, you're poorer, you're poorer, <laughs> and you're poorer. <laughs> We're richer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, like, like we always said, like, any money controlled by a central source is always going to be corrupted in the end. But it's insane to see that money, that paper just have just ink put on it and suddenly now we will trade in hours your grandma <laughs> everything yeah every hour of your life you will trade it in for some paper and you will do that for your entire life and you'll miss your kids it. growing up you'll 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 
miss spending time with your partner you will miss your your parents getting old you will miss so many big life events in exchange for these bits of paper which fundamentally allow you to live and pay your bills and all that kind of stuff but where does that paper come from surely it is backed by something really solid they don't just print out a thin air right they don't just go and get a big pile of fucking paper it's got to be backed by the government promise to pay their debts which they have never done <laughs> it's depressing when you when you break it down like that and and say it is so depressing but you know yeah. 80 if not more percent of the entire population of the world do exactly that right but don't worry you'll feel empowered <laughs> you're doing, you're doing. <laughs> all in the same boat just some yeah. boats are bigger than others and yeah i have a swimming pool on my boat when you you're sharing a cabin with 40 other people but we're still on the same boat (laughs) boat. we're not on the same boat bro you're on on the freaking money printing boat and we're all in dinghies but we can change that by bitcoin yeah so what do we want to go to on the list is it actually to the top story now yeah go on number one well, yeah, because uh, actually I just remembered I, I didn't include it in the intro, but we are still definitely cancelable at any time and we are certainly not sponsorable, which leads us quite nicely into sponsors and Bitcoin shows. So again, if we were ever to be sponsored, it would never be by any of these and no doubt it would actually prove it would, it would be I'd our love downfall, to be sponsored by them. I mean, it just has to be in the contract. We can say whatever we want about them. We're like, yeah, we'll yeah. mention our sponsor, but they're shit. Don't invest with them. Yeah. It'd be fair if they paid us five grand an episode just for us to shit on them for 30 seconds. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, Which... I'm not sure they'll pay us 5K to shit on them. <laughs> so we'll do it for free instead. Yeah, we'll continue doing it. For oh yeah, they went, why would they pay it? Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah, why would we pay those idiots if they they do it every week? But yeah, what, what's the story anyway? You want free to talk for all story. those weeks? Yeah. So the the purpose of the story is uh, the likes of um, what Bitcoin did and the the world's what was what was Pump Show? It was actually the the best the best business show in the world. Yeah, that's what he rebranded that, to. That, but that's the what he, podcast. Yeah, the Pump Podcast with his brothers and uh, his sister also used to pop up. She was quite fit actually as well. Um, no, no, that that's his sister. The Pump sister as well. Yeah, I, I follow her. Her though, she hasn't really posted lately. Whereas his brother yeah. still does about sports things. Yeah, no, that's not his wife. That's the Pump sister as well. So yeah, they kept it all in the family. But essentially, they all had Bitcoin uh, sponsors. And during the bull run, those sponsors were, you know, obviously pumping all of their shows up. They were giving away Bitcoin uh, at times. They were giving away free money. And it seems that all of those sponsors are now no more. Yeah, because just as a clarity on that one, they weren't really Bitcoin companies. They were shitcoin companies. Yes. And they they were all offering yield. They were either... Yeah, it's, it's like BlockFi, wasn't it? And a load of people yeah, lost their Bitcoin because of Pomp yeah. and because of Pedro. I mean, we've seen Pomp. Pomp's announced he's going away from sponsors. Because all the sponsors went bankrupt. California is 
because weirdly the, the biggest sponsors that I ever saw of most of the shitcoin podcasts, and unfortunately, like I used to like Pom, but I used to hate his sponsors. He was sponsored by FTX, Celsius, BlockFi. And one of the reasons why I stopped listening to Pedro's podcast. Not, for, not forget him asleep thing. Oh, and like the fucking dumbass. Oh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the last straw. That was that was pretty much like he was dead in the water. Then once he did pillows, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but Pedro was constantly like his main sponsor of every episode was BlockFi, and you go, this is this entire thing is unethical. You are. It's, it's so anti-Bitcoin, right? And this is something, I, this is why I put this story back to number one. It was down the bottom before. Um, mm. Obviously, we've, we've missed a week. So things were added to the bottom. But I was thinking about this story today and just went, it's so important actually to actually spend a bit of time on it just to go, you don't need to be earning interest on your Bitcoin. You only need to earn interest on your money to keep up with inflation when inflation exists, when you have your Bitcoin, and we were discussing this before the pod started, right? You you uh, you you grow your sats to an amount, and you know that there's never ever going to be more sats added. So your sats is a percent of the total. That's all good. You don't need to be earning a percent on that Bitcoin to try and keep up with anything. But like you you're good. You're we're, we're all so early. There's no need. To try and earn four, five, six, ten, fifteen percent on your Bitcoin, because your percent right now is way more than you should have. Anyone that is brought in to any sizable level has way more. You know, as we've said on a podcast about fucking six months ago, you need fifty nine dollars to get your allocation of Bitcoin. So if you've got more than so fifty nine, more than fifty nine dollars in Bitcoin right now, you've already got more than you should have. Right. So if you put in thousands of dollars. Man, there's, there's hundreds of people that won't have enough Bitcoin because you've got too much. So all these products that these people were shilling were fiat-based products going, our inflation's running at 5 to 20%, depending on where you are. Put your Bitcoin into this and you'll keep up with it. But fundamentally, that is a failed model because there's not more. The, the only reason why the banks can do that, the banks can pay you know, four or five percent interest on your savings because the 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 banks or the, the government behind the scenes have raised interest rates to seven in their government bonds. So they're getting seven percent on their money and they'll pass on five to you. So that's where the scam is there. Yeah, via inflation. That's where interest rates come from in the fiat land. But in Bitcoin land, they have to get their gains and their five to ten percent from trading it and so you're you're relying on was it also taking... loaning as well wasn't it or kind of i don't, don't know most of it seemed to collapse in the ftx thing right so most of the money went to traders that thought that they could outperform the market and guess what they can't they they can out they outperform the market for what is it three or four years and then they didn't and then they all go to zero and they all go bust, bang, 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 bang. And well, actually, yeah, we haven't even done the play the clip. So I'm going to do the play the clip. Because Matt O'Dell fucking nails it, right? Pedro here is trying to give Pomp credit and kudos. We're going, oh, he doesn't have shitcoin sponsors anymore. O'Dell, quick as a fucking flash. 
because they're all bankrupt. Yeah. And that's, it's easy to go pure and have nice sponsors when all the scammers have gone bankrupt. And Pedro will be the same. Pedro was fucking sponsored by BlockFi for years. For a good two years. He was they were like their his lead sponsor. And now I bet he's I've no I haven't listened to him for a good couple of years. But I'm sure he's on there going, Oh, I only Bitcoin only companies now. And you go, Yeah, because we're just in we've we've had two years of bear market. And the only companies that have survived are Bitcoin-only companies. What, what I like, I was just going to say, what I like about him is he does have some interesting people on to interview, and it's an easy to listen interview. But because he's a readout, like, so you can feel smarter than him. But his intellect <laughs> is lacking when he brings up his own opinion. Like he mentioned about fifty percent with Sony got dunked by a load of people, and he had a big hissy fit about it. And it's just like, and he's just like, oh, blah, 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 you've got to pay tax, blah, blah. And it's like, you, you're over your head. Like, literally, you don't have the intellect to discuss this. Like, you're good at initiating interviews and initiating conversations, but you've got to learn where you should stop. And it kind of goes into what you're saying there. Like, he needs to just shut up and think like he's good at initiating that conversation, but he's not got the intellect to carry it through. Yeah, see, I think, you know, Rogan is the the daddy, isn't he, of interviews? Yeah. And when he does that, he has shown a genuine interest, but sometimes he is just blank on the subject, not because he's blank intellectually, but he does it in such a good way. He draws out from the, the guests the right information. And he asks what I like to think are, questions which the general public would like to ask and it becomes a great interview hence the numbers but to your point when uh peter mccormack does it it just we can call doesn't him work. if you want yeah mccook or pedro or, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, he, he, just... he, he's good at drawing up that conversation but then he puts yeah. his idiotic slant on it but it's seen as, because of the longevity of it, and ideally I think that we would continually try to follow in his footsteps with this, is because it's one of the only shows that is still going consistently. Now, granted, he doesn't have as many guests on at this moment in time, and it's not hitting as frequent, but he's standing the uh, he's standing the test of time so far, whereas Pomp came and went just like that in a bit he, of a fad. Has he still got his show or is it just very all over the place? Just all over the place. Whereas again, um, you know, what Bitcoin did is is kind of it's more it, it's like I said, less shows, but it is still consistent in comparison so a bit, to the others that are out there. I think he's a bit like that interview on BBC, what's his name? Um, the one who's very innocent, but he seems to just everyone starts oh. to trust me, cuts right through them. Louis Fru. It's like Louis Fruit. Yeah. It's yeah. like Louis Fruit pretends to act stupid oh, and then so gets smart. what he wants. And Pedro yeah. is stupid. Whereas but Pedro yeah. tries to act clever but is a retard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean but Louis Fru is but it's actually next level. But it's literally a really similar like technique, but it's where Louis Fru goes. Oh, tell me, tell me more. Mm. Um, Peter McCormack says, I think this. And it's just like, 
Mm. That's a big difference, but I I do like his I do like listening to it still, but I kind of just discount what Pedro says. I listen to what the other person says. Yeah, I, yeah. I got too triggered, and then and to, to a certain extent, even like going above sponsorship stuff, like Pedro supported lockdown, vax mandates. He he literally he got paid by the government to tweet out, uh, "This is the pandemic of the unvaccinated." And did he actually tweet that? Yeah, he tweeted that. So, yeah, and and unsurprisingly, I I'd been a fairly harsh critic of his for a couple of years before twenty twenty. Yeah, you but were. <laughs> we were still on like we were on sparring terms where it was like, look, I love you, Pod. You're a bit dumb. But you're fine. Like by and large, you're fine. Like you, you work hard. You get good guests on. Then the the whole pandemic and lockdown happened, and he went on the side of the government. And then suddenly he starts being in support of the lockdown, support of vaccine mandates. Then he started supporting things like taxation, and you just go, who who the fuck are? And then that tweet came out, which was this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. So me and uh, pretty much the entirety of Bitcoin Twitter got blocked during that period. Mm-hmm. So I, I just left them to it. But anyway, there's... Yeah, there's this great... shouldn't be about the, the McCormick uh, show too much because it's about the four Bs. The only thing I would also give him credit for because I, I do like her as a guest is uh, is Lynn Alden. And anytime she's on because she's oh, yeah. a guest... Um, I'm always tuning in, unfortunately, and it's it's weird that no one else really gives her that much of a platform, whereas he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say he can't give his opinion with Lynn Alden though. Yeah, no, that that's just, the, the, the good the, the good thing about the Lynn episode is she is so above his level. Yeah, he doesn't even try and give an opinion. He just starts talking about the weather. So, yeah, that, that's a the, fair point. That's probably one to listen to because I'm now really like kind of going, do I want to listen to any of this anymore after you said about yeah. the tweet? Um, but yeah, the Lynn Oldham one, I'd listen to the Lynn Oldham ones. You know, Lynn's a, a special guest of the show all the time, isn't she? So, you yeah. know, he's always going to get that. that, that By the way, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a fantastic video tweet, which I will also link. I participated James and Drew. In, in spirit. So what? Block we- five. So Rocket we- ship. Get on board. So why is block? Why does BlockFi need this much money? First of all. Ten seconds later. There's a report, and I referenced this at the top of the 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 the, uh, the segment here about uh, another crypto-related entity that may be in trouble. Wall Street Journal uh, reporting that BlockFi is preparing for a potential bankruptcy. I watched a clip before we did this interview in which you called it a, quote, rocket ship. Get on board, you said. I am bullish, bullish, bullish. I mean, isn't that part of the problem? Don't you have any regrets whatsoever for making statements like that and perhaps putting people who are less experienced than you into some of these assets? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the cell. Silence.
uh, <laughs> and it's it's one of the it's one of the tweets right which is below this one and it is pomp in one of his lunch money episodes going block five rocket ship you know all this kind of bollocks and then obviously afterwards he he's getting dressed down by MSBC going so block five have just gone bankrupt everybody you told to put their money in lost everything as ends with a hello darkness my old friend like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's just it's and, and that's the thing that was i think that's pomp that's pomp's entire kind of contribution unfortunately to bitcoin i think he could have mm. been such he's such a good guy i think when i really boil it down his heart's in a good place he's super enthusiastic yeah. But unfortunately, he's a greedy fucker. And I think greed got well, this is what both of them come down to, isn't it? Like Peter McCormack, yeah. I think he's a lot more along the greedy, so he's corrupt now, whereas um, Pomp is just a bit greedy. Yeah. Because weirdly, like, Pomp came into the space as a shitcoiner. Everyone hated him. Proper shitcoiner. Then he, he merged into Bitcoin. But he still had his investments in shitcoins and Obviously, in BlockFi, he was still pumping BlockFi. And then BlockFi goes bust. And yeah, he got so fucking wrecked. And it and it's it, it's sad, really, to see someone that's got as much energy. And, and, to, and to be fair, like with Pedro, I don't fucking have any... He, he obviously works relatively hard on his podcast. I give him credit for that. But everything else, I go, I don't know how the fucking hell he's got the number one podcast in Bitcoin. I don't know how he's got it. But with Pomp, but, I go, but people like Odell and all sorts go on there. So it's people who got a bit of a name on Bitcoin Twitter still. I know, but like any of us could go and get Odell on our podcast, probably. Like we could blag him, but getting well, number one, getting the guest on is hard, right? And then getting to talk for an hour every month is hard. So it's like, how do you do all that bit? That's that's the where the hard work came in. And then he, he yeah, literally nearly everyone that listens to his podcast goes, he's the worst part of it. His guests are literally the only reason why I listen. And you go, God, imagine if the best person in Bitcoin was like a Joe Rogan, where he's actually fucking good. You know, he's a, he's a smart guy who asks good questions. Imagine if we had him. Like, that's what we need in Bitcoin right now, like a podcast that gets these kind of Odells and, you know, Adam Back and fucking Peter Todd and all these fucking OG Bitcoiners. Imagine if we had a good interview on the other side of the table. As opposed to some readapt. Yeah, very true. Now, I think we spent quite a lot of time on Pedro. So, do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah. So, this is um, a Reddit link, a Bitcoiner who doesn't understand what inflation is. Um, so, um, admittedly, when I opened up this link, the first thing which I read was the, the top comment what you described is not inflation. <laughs> and I went, what the fuck am I about to um, read? So he's talking, imagine it's 2040 and um, governments and central banks can no longer fuck with money. Okay, great. But what happens if an apple costs 10 sats? But unfortunately, one year, there's a bad apple harvest and limited supply. Normal supply and demand economics and would still apply. So the price of an apple rapidly doubles to 20 sats. Um, and then that's not enough, so you have to pay with increased price, um, and it's too expensive, and they can't afford to buy apples. Um, 
what does he say? In this example, the same situation applies it does now, except the government could not try and tinker with the economy at their pleasure or money printing what? So am I missing something? Would a Bitcoin standard help prevent this type of inflation or is this inherent in a free market? So this is a basic principle of economics. Like this is Austrian economics. It, it's not hidden by Keynesian. You don't have price caps. You don't have subsidies. It's not going to fuck with the price. Literally, you pay dependent upon a number of factors. So you pay on scarcity. So if it's a bad apple harvest, you're fucked. You're not going to get many apples. We've had it in various markets where you can get, I think, cucumber earlier in this year because I don't think there was a bad harvest wherever that was. It's the same principle. Like, um, But on the flip side of it, supply and demand, if it's a really good apple harvest, it's the perfect conditions and loads of apple trees sprout up and grow loads of apples, you're paying five sats. It's literally simple supply and demand. This isn't inflation. The money isn't being devalued. And like, it's someone who is a Bitcoiner because he's obviously on the Bitcoin subreddit, but he doesn't understand some basic principles of economics. So it's kind of like, I think there's a few different books. I can't remember what, what they were, but there's Thomas Sewell who writes various big ass economic books, but then there's a basic principles as well. So it's those kind of books, which I always recommend people to understand the basics. But yeah, it's just... Dr. Evil yeah. 10% showing off a little bit here, isn't he? Because of his <laughs> birthday present uh, and the principles <laughs> of economics. Like, these guys don't understand economics. Oh, <laughs> says him with his hard copy book in the background of... Uh, of I was going to say, how, how, much you, yeah. how much you read it yet? Because I haven't finished off my current book, but it's ones which I've listened to before. Um, there was the economics in one lesson, wasn't there? Uh, there was that one. Yeah, um, there's, there's and there's a few, a few others as well. And but, it's just, it, it's a, economics in one lesson by Henry Hazlitt. That's, that's probably the best one to actually read or listen to. And there's basic e economics by Thomas Sewell, which is a bit bit monster. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it's just someone who needs a bit of education. I think he just got ripped instead. Yeah, but um, I love the question though, right? Because the, the, the question's a good one where... He's, he's essentially saying, right, so on a Bitcoin standard, apparently inflation doesn't exist. So if an apple is 10 sats, it should be 10 sats forever, right? Because an apple and the money is staying constant, so therefore the price should stay constant of everything. Yet he then goes through a scenario where there's a bad apple harvest and apples double to 20 sats. Therefore, inflation has happened. And, and, and it's a good question. Because these are the type of questions I really like. Because the, this is from this is from someone that is nearly been orange pilled, but not quite, and yeah. they've they're just getting over those last couple of hurdles, and they've come this to this scenario where they go, well, hold on, if an apple costs ten sats here, but then twenty sats next year, then Bitcoin hasn't done anything because inflation still exists, and all we need to do is go look. The price, the value of your money, the spending power of your money on average on a Bitcoin standard does stay consistent. Well, However, it, within that, there are going to be lots of supply and demand volatility. So, yeah, if we have a really bad apple harvest, and there's hardly any apples in the world that year, the price of apples go up. But then if there's a really good harvest the year later, 
the price of apples will go below 10 sats. That is very, very different to an inflationary environment. An inflationary environment would take, because just as we've seen right now, the price of an apple, let's say it's 10 sats, it goes up to 20 sats. The government will come out and go, we've halved inflation. You go, what does that mean? Well, that means next year, the price of an apple is only 25 sats. Oh, it didn't go up as fast, but it still went up. It will never come back down to 10 sats. Whereas Unless you may, you may get a bit if you had a, a ridiculous good apple harvest and it went down to 18. But then the following year, when you're going back to a normal apple harvest, it'd be back up at whatever the amount is. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Because, like, yeah, yeah. Because inflation is constantly, like, the money is devaluing constantly, where supply and demand fluctuates. And, and fundamentally, if, if, you, if, if 10 sats is the average harvest for an apple, the average price of an apple over a 100-year period on a Bitcoin standard will be 10 sats. Yeah. But if you look at any, any individual year, the price of an apple could be 5 sats, could be 30 sats, depending on how good the harvest is that year. Yeah, but, but, but fundamentally, you... on average, it'll be it'll be still 10. Whereas on an inflationary environment over a 100-year period, you know, the, the, the money halves every 15 years. So over 100 years, what's that? Like one, two, three, about six or seven doubles. So from yeah. 10 sats, you're going to be 80 to 90 sats at the end of that 100 years. And that will be regardless of harvest. That is on the average harvest. You're going to pay 10 sats on year one and 90 sats on year 100 for the same apple on the same average harvest. If it's a bad harvest, you'll be paying 180 sats. So that's the difference between inflation and supply and demand. But on the flip side, kind of complicate and muddy waters in a kind of hard money standard if things started to get too expensive permanently so like gas there's a gas shortage you potentially be leaning towards a technological advance as well so mm. if apples become became too hard to grow be things like selective breeding working on fertilizers you know that's what you'd see because you go this is unmanageable that something is going to go out of our lives which is a necessity so we mm. work towards it and i think we do do that to a certain bit but what usually happens is we go subsidies so we're going oh gas isn't manageable because of co2 or whatever let's do wind and solar that's cheaper it's only cheaper because of subsidies it isn't cheaper <laughs> and also it uses fossil fuels to be made <laughs> yeah no, i guess ultimately as well that his challenges it's all he's ever known which i think as well and so he is asking like you say a very good question and the answers are out there, but I always say this phrase, but he doesn't know, or you don't know what you don't know. And and so, therefore, if he's always, as we have, lived in this inflationary world, it's hard to actually piece up what else is there. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I did just read the ripping comments probably too much. Yeah, and I think it is, you know, looking down. There are some educate educated it, it, replies. It, exactly, but I, think, but I think it's like as a journey as a Bitcoin. I think people should probably look into Austrian economics. So economics one lesson is probably a good starting block to go with. And I think um, the Bitcoin standard does cover some aspects as well. Hmm. And no doubt, um, the principles of economics does as well. 
Yeah, the, I also think as well, it's a classic of um, everyone started off as a learner and everyone started off typically as in fear. And your journey, you know, we, we've all said it, our journey of where we are right now is so difficult to look back and see it from the fiat perspective. And, you know, if we say to somebody, go and read this book, as we were saying off air, before, or sorry, on air, just before as well, and and learn about Bitcoin, it doesn't happen straight away. It doesn't happen immediately. Whereas now, if one of us says, oh, go check this video out or check this tweet out or check this person out, it, it's it's done pretty much immediately because we know, yeah, you, you, you know, you passed the test. There is no Howie test amongst us. It's, you know, we're all certified. Yeah. No, it, it, it literally it just I I saw that this um, Reddit post it barely got hardly any votes or anything it just was in my feed and I just thought that is the exact kind of question that I'd have asked mm. like, like or was it would have passed my brain as I was getting into Bitcoin and just yeah. gone well hold on the price of goods can still go up in a Bitcoin standard proved you wrong inflation still exists and then you just need to go ah no need to take the L again. Bitcoin is right. Inflation doesn't mean price go up. It actually means supply and demand prices can go up. That is fine. But they can return back to normality. And when inflation environment, they can't return to a normal normality because they're always two, three, four, fifty percent higher. And every year, you know, the the, the money continues to, to inflate away from people. And that is the problem. And, and and if anything, this is the kind of question from someone that doesn't understand money printing and doesn't understand inflation. And his yeah, he doesn't understand principles and he's probably on the um on the rocket waiting for it to take off um so he can get his gains and buy a Ferrari. Well, well who knows? I I I would be I I wouldn't be too quick mm. to judge because who knows? Like like I said, this was me. Like, I don't know how long ago it was, but this is the type of question I would have run through in my own brain. Because <laughs> you, you, because like we all did it, right? This is the whole don't trust verify. So, this is why, you know, back in the day, I was saying I couldn't freaking orange pill you guys because you don't trust you verify. So, you weren't going to trust me. You wanted to verify it for yourself. You went off and you both freaking figured it out for yourself in the end. And this is the same thing. This guy is going, he's going still through that trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still trying to. <laughs> yeah. And this, this guy's doing the same thing, right? He's going, Bitcoin isn't inflationary. The the inflation rate on Bitcoin is essentially zero. There's 21 million and there will never be more. And he's going, bullshit. Here's an example of where the price goes up. And, and he's got his answers. There's a load of people who have educated him and gone, that isn't inflation. That is just supply and demand dynamics, perfectly normal in a free market. Next question. And hopefully he's learned from that. And then he moves on to his next question. And I, I thought I always got I've always got time for questions that seem genuine. And that seems like a genuine question. So many times people ask questions about Bitcoin that seem loaded, that are, I hate Bitcoin. So I'm gonna pretend to ask this question because I fucking hate it. And no matter what you say. I'm going to go. Bitcoin's a scam. And you go well. Why? Right, fine. You're not. You're not. You're not. You haven't come here with a genuine question that you want answering. You've just come with an agenda, and you're phrasing it in a question to shit on Bitcoin. Right? Fuck off. You're a troll. Whatever. 
this guy, I, I, I thought it was a genuine question. It, and, and clearly it's to- totally off wide of the mark. And anyone that's been in Bitcoin for more than five minutes can go, what an idiot. But you go, look, this is actually, in, I think anyway, a potential new Bitcoiner who has a really good question, needs educating on what inflation is. Hopefully you got that answer. Maybe he's a Bitcoiner now. Send him the link to the show. And I was also thinking as well that these types of questions are the types of questions potentially that were asked at the uh, the Bitcoin event last year in Amsterdam. And, you know, it could have been a, a round table over beers and over pizza type of question that someone would have raised. And hopefully and in that environment, someone would have educated him exactly like you've done and like we've, we've discussed today. Uh, and, and it may be that just because it's in written format, and it's on Reddit, people have kind of taken it to the extreme. Yeah, well, everyone loves to dunk on. Yeah. And then it depends what mood I'm in as well. <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes, you, but the thing is, that the second I saw this, um, obviously I've been banned off Reddit now. My, my account has been banned for fucking ever. So I, I can only- Oh, what have you done now? Oh, it's been, what I can't even remember. <laughs> It's just I've I've been banned so many times. So I I I can I'm just a lurker on Reddit. I'm I'm back to my lurking days. I just there's a big ban thing over the top of the screen, and I just scroll and. But anyway, so I saw this one and just went. This was this is a this is a random question. Which when I read it, I thought, yeah, my my gut instinct is to troll him. But then I just went, no, hold on, that that's a genuine question, and I think he's genuinely confused. This is actually one to spend a couple of minutes just going. Let's educate this guy on why he is wrong. But then I I I, I went through the comments anyway. I went, yeah, someone's already done it anyway. So I, yeah, I don't need to fake a create a fake sock account just to start my Reddit my experience again. Like fuck Reddit, they can go suck a dick. Anyway, <laughs> let's um let's let's move on to BlackRock. Anyway, that's the one I've got on my screen right now. Is that the next one? Yeah, yeah, BlackRock is next. And again, uh, a familiar name and a familiar company that is regularly on the pod. Um, So this time, BlackRock recommends 84.9% Bitcoin portfolio. Yeah. So the same BlackRock that was maybe six months to 12 months ago, anti-Bitcoin, is now switching their stance on Bitcoin and, of course, as we know, have put in uh, a request for the, the ETF and to have an ETF of, of Bitcoin and are stating the and I'll read the highlighted uh, quotation off the, um, off the post, Exhibit 4 presents the results, starting with a 60 to 40 uh, equity bond portfolio, which is produced with a risk aversion of Y, which equals 1.5. The optimal BTC allocation is a large 84.9%. So essentially, if you've got a portfolio, break it down like this. 85% Bitcoin, 9% stocks, 6% bonds. Bonds. Oh, gosh. I'm glad I'm not thought that. It's yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's just, like I read it and I was like, eighty-four point nine percent. And I was like, oh, what else is in there? 
exactly. Bonds. I mean, like bonds of a shit coin of the um, fiat investment world, aren't they? Yeah. Well, why are intelligent people giving stupid answers and and talking about bonds still? Have they not proven themselves to be, you know, fallen? They're not the same as what as what they once were. Bonds are not the way to go. Bond, bonds haven't been any good since about, was it 2005? <laughs> yeah. We've only at least got a, a reasonable interest rate. Right? Yeah. Sorry? Going back to inflation, you know, bonds yeah, underperformed in this inflationary world. They've been about 1% or 2% for the last, I don't know how many years. And then they've gone up to what, what are they now, 5% or something, 6%. But only because the inflation's so bad. But yet it's still not tracking with inflation because it would need to be, as we know, double if not triple that to really make a dent in the real uh, real world economy of inflation. But I, I think one thing to take from this is it is a high allocation. But I think in time, well, I would say in time, everyone's allocation will be this. Mr. Rawlins is, face just scoffed at that high. is high really I think in time most your allocation is going to be Bitcoin but I'd love to know who would keep bonds by the time which Bitcoin's that high in their allocation yeah yeah which one of them isn't it it's it's kind of nuts I I must admit for a for a BlackRock recommendation to say basically 85% into Bitcoin that's fucking crazy right like yeah even if I, right, even if I was to put myself out as a financial advisor, which I would never do, because I don't give a shit about managing other people's money, I got no interest in doing so. Depending on your age and location and how much wealth you have and all that kind of stuff, like for, for me personally, I'm fine. Right? I'm with my age, location, skills, ability. All that kind of stuff. Me being 100% Bitcoin, I'm I'm comfortable with that. But for me to be advising 85% for the generic person to be that much into a Bitcoin standard, <laughs> I, I got to be honest, I wouldn't be doing that. That's too far for me. Because there's a lot of people that live month to month. There's a lot of people that are close to retirement. You know, another bear market. Can they wait the five years? There's, there's so many variables yeah. that you go. Look, some people might be better off just <clears throat> buying a second home, doing whatever. Just you know, especially if you're close to retirement, right? I'd agree on eighty-five percent or pretty much a hundred percent. Anyone under thirty, if you're not hundred percent Bitcoin, then you're you're missing out. But the second you get over thirty. Suddenly, family comes in, health concerns come in, retirement comes in, all this kind of stuff. And you, you don't know when you're going to die, right? It's just so. Can you wait for the Bitcoin hyper hyper Bitcoinization? That's always the million dollar question, which again we were discussing off air. Is it going to be in two years? Is it going to be in fifty? We don't know. So to say the average or the recommended allocation is eighty five percent, then the remainder split 60-40 into equities and bonds, you go, holy shit. 
it's kind of nuts. And so I had to read the comments just to go, because obviously I haven't read this whole PDF from BlackRock in full. And maybe this has been taken out of context because someone has tweeted in here that says, actually the recommended allocation to Bitcoin is 3%. And then he kind of disagrees a bit and goes, no, and and you're posting misinfo for engagement. So I've got, I haven't read this full report. I've got to be honest, I've just linked the tweet and maybe I got sucked into engagement farming because Mm. it's quoted a, he, well, he screenshotted part of the report that says it's 85%, but I think this was talking about a smaller part of your investment portfolio. So, But but even so, right, even if BlackRock is saying put 3% of your portfolio into Bitcoin, that's game-changing because 3% of 9 trillion, big number, more than the market yeah. size that Bitcoin is right now. We got to double up just doing that. So it's obviously we we've been trying to go and to be fair, like Pomp was one of the guys that was actually pushing people that have money and have wealth and are looking at investments, get one percent of your portfolio into Bitcoin. Just and if that one percent hundred X's and ends up becoming being more than the rest of your portfolio, you win. Whereas if the one percent goes to zero, you don't even notice it. Right? You just lost one percent, the rest of the portfolios have gone up by four or five percent makes up for the losses right blackrock is saying three percent if this the comment is right because i i, I, well, must, I will it, say as well though even three percent maybe three percent but we know that that three percent will outperform the other 97 percent and just like dr evil 10 percent it will be a lot more in the coming years let's just say um it makes me sound like a high risk taker Ten percent, not one percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. who knows? So maybe it's, it's a just... start, but it is. It's all this kind of press, so which is feeding in, and this is kind of like it's. I think we we're talking before, and it's that kind of build up to the next bull um, part of the cycle, um, to sort of the bull run. Um, we've got another story next because I think that feeds in quite nicely around ESG. So unfortunately, we haven't got Miss No Show. So otherwise she'd be able to what, you mean she's not on the show today? Yeah, otherwise she'd be able to guide us through this article quite expertly since she is the ESG director. <laughs> <laughs> um now it was a tweet originally, but the tweet somehow has disappeared. We don't know what happened. Um and so in preparation, I actually read the article instead. And I thought it was quite interesting, so I pulled out some bits. Um now some of the figures have have differed from what we've heard before. So Bitcoin consumes approximately 110 terawatt hours of energy per year, 0.55% of global electricity use. So it hasn't hit the 100% or 200%, which was the economist predicted in 2020, whilst it was boiling the oceans. Um, And they compared it to tumble dryers. So what we've seen previously is that tumble dryers were a lot higher than Bitcoin usage, and that was just tumble dryers in the US. So not quite sure which figures are correct because both seem to be fairly, well, fairly reliable most of the time at sources. Um, and one thing which I think we've really picked up about, about is that miners have the ability to dynamically flex their power consumption. 
So this is in periods of excess um, production. So if you're looking into renewables, so wind, solar, hydro, you're going to have periods where not all that electricity is used. So there is an example later on about villages in Africa um, where they run off hydro and miners have paid them to use their excess so when they're not using the electricity, so like times like night, they'll use their electricity in order to use the miner. So mm-hmm. it was saying rather than let all that energy be wasted, use it on Bitcoin mining. Um, and it basically enables people to earn during these excess production times. So it could be governments, it could be villages, it could be, well, really poor villages in the middle of nowhere, but they're ultimately earning um, fear or Bitcoin or whatever they want, want. And to even go on further, which did unsettle me when I saw these words, the World Economic Forum said crypto mining um, is a um, can be a catalyst or market driver for new re- renewable energy projects. So when I see them, that I'm just going, what's the angle here? Yeah, what's, exactly. That's what's going what on. I was thinking immediately. Okay, so if they're saying that, what do they actually mean, and um, what's the benefit for them? Yeah, um, exactly. Like it, it just makes me suspicious. Yeah, yeah. Is there, exactly. is there a child slave ring or something like that? Um, yeah, <laughs> with an island. Um, I remember as Mink, they mentioned Mint Green partner with a local energy utility to convert heat from um, Bitcoin miners to sustainable heat. So I think we saw this in a product. And I think we've talked about this before. I think it was heating a swimming pool somewhere else, whereas this was, the heat was being extracted from the miners for something. And then they talked about if they captured all gas flares in the US, they'd be sufficient enough to power the entire Bitcoin network. So that's a really interesting one because they're going about methane but a way to stop it would be stopping these gas flares. So basically bunging the hole of the miners. Um, and then they went into social concerns. When I saw that, I just thought, oh God, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and they said um, only 0.24% of total transaction volume in 2022 was used for illegal. What's the figure for fiat? That's... Two point five, two to 5%. So there you go. This is from KPMG. So this isn't just, you know, Bitcoin monthly or whatever writing about this. This is someone who apparently should be trusted. Um, and it's even better than Ethereum, stable coins, and various other altcoins. So really interesting facts. And then it goes on to talk about inclusion. When I saw the word inclusion, I had a bit of a shudder. Um, mm-hmm. But once again, benefits, payments. So it talks about the 20% fee. So we've rattled on about this a lot. So in developing countries, transfer your money back home from, say, the States to, I don't know, where would it be, like Peru or wherever, it would be 20% fees. Whereas with Bitcoin, it skips around that. So it's um, then it talked about Ukraine fundraising, which I thought would be a nice talking point for Mr. Orlin, because we've never talked about the, about Ukraine before. Um, and then access to electricity in rural Africa. So this is where villages can use their microgrids or rather get payment to expand those microgrids off miners. So when they're not using the energy, they can basically rent it out. And then financial inclusion, we talked about this many times. So the estimate was 1.4 billion people do not have access to bank accounts. But with Bitcoin, they could quite easily do. I think that's backed up by the stat, but what is it? More people have a mobile phone than a toothbrush in the world. Right. Um, and then 
In closing, Bitcoin appears to be able to provide a number of benefits across an ESG framework. So I thought it's really interesting to read, but it did make me very suspicious. Yeah, for me, it's it's just really nice because for I it's, it's one of them where I always like reading reports that are based on data, like make conclusions. You you look at the thing, you measure the thing. And you come with a conclusion and it should all make sense throughout those three steps and kpmg are the first probably non-bitcoin associated entity that have looked at bitcoin genuinely from, from the seams of it anyone anyway. i can only assume this has happened from some fair, fairly junior researchers that almost didn't know what they were doing and have accidentally gone, oh, wow, we found out that Bitcoin is ESG compliant. And the whole thing is, no, no, we're meant to be saying it's not. Fuck, how you let this out? Because they have. They have genuinely just looked at the data. And they've looked at the data that Bitcoin produces, specific, specifically concentrating on its ESG status and its pollution, and gone... It doesn't actually do that much, really. If anything, it's completely compliant. It's more than using renewables. If anything, the majority is using waste energy. And it didn't have a percentage. So my, it didn't quote my those. thoughts. My thoughts were that there may be just some young whippersnappers within KPMG that are out to <laughs> yeah, a Bitcoiners and out to prove a point. And using data and KPMG time and money and resources to produce a report. Because my thinking is that, you know, we're here as the this, this generation that is fighting the, you know, boomers and who are in control. And again, myself and Young MBA were talking about this, but you know, we're, we're witnessing the um the transfer of wealth in real time, aren't we? And what's life going to be like when hyper-Bitcoinization happens and all of a sudden, you know, Mr. Rawlin, you're joined by Dr. Evil 10% and myself on that other side where we have both time and money and Bitcoin knowledge and a completely different way of thinking. And the majority of us start, well, the minority of us start to turn into the majority of us and things around start to change. You know, we were talking about the NHS and the way that the NHS is run. And well, that would be run differently with, by somebody with a Bitcoin mindset, as would many other things happen as well. So maybe this is the start and the rise, long-winded way to say that, you know, the likes of the the KPMGs and the accountancy firms that are out there are actually thinking because they're going to be run by the, you know, the juniors right now to a different, to a different tune. Well, I think first thing, just picking up on your comments is if we were joining Mr. All in on um, the other side, we'd probably be a couple more bannings on LinkedIn, wouldn't we? <laughs> oh, I, I, I pity a pity LinkedIn, if that was the case. I think I'd ban myself. <laughs> I'd be waiting for the opportune um, message, not message, post, just to comment on it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be horrible. 
<laughs> yeah, it get, it does get boring, but yeah, th- this is this is a good um, it's a good link that we've got in the show notes here to go. Anytime someone goes, Bitcoin's boiling the oceans, bad for the environment. Da 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 da. Pod one oh seven. Yeah, and this key this KPMG report, it's just so refreshing because. Obviously, Bitcoin has done this since the beginning of time, but we all just get told, well, you're biased, it gets dismissed. These are the blue chip auditors of the globe. If anyone's going to audit this, and obviously I would expect them to have been paid to audit it incorrectly Mm. and and to do a kind of Greenpeace type audit on Bitcoin. But it does make me highly suspicious. It, I, and I completely agree. Like, who knows what's coming, right? And I'm suspicious about the Black Rocky, Black Rock ETF as well. Very fucking suspicious. Like they've yeah. clearly got a bigger plan. But yeah, KPMG blatantly done this from it, um, from for Black Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Potentially like pumping their bags, getting people to mm. buy Bitcoin through Black Rock. But but yeah, but like last week, literally, well, two weeks ago now, we had the Greenpeace video about no one pays attention to that and well who knows how many people uh, but you just go they're educated people right trying to protect the planet and for whatever reason yeah but they usually have blue hair and they screech i know they have pronouns i know i'm trying to build them up to be slightly (laughs) fucking competent beings not fucking chimps throwing shit at the wall but (laughs) I, i know they are but that is usually the argument against Bitcoin. And it's nice just to see someone spend more than an hour researching Bitcoin and not just reading Greenpeace articles to put an actual piece together that goes, here's Bitcoin's effect on the environment and the whole ESG bollocks. And it, it's hilarious because Bitcoin doesn't give a fuck about ECG. Yeah, Bitcoin just works. It's a free market product. And it's just not, it, it's kind of almost beautiful how Bitcoin just naturally becomes ESG compliant anyway and good for the environment. Because if energy is concentrated to one place, then Bitcoin mining is too expensive. So Bitcoin mining migrates away from the centers and ends up going, where is energy super cheap or wasteful? And it grabs that. And that is what you use to do Bitcoin mining because that is the most profitable place to do it. So it's it's kind of bizarre, and I'd I'm, I'd love to be able to ask Satoshi, did you know you're going to be ES, ESG compliant when you when you invented Bitcoin? God, I'm sure he'd be like, well, number one would be, what the fuck is ECG or whatever the fucking fucking thing is, but he kind of, it's, I'm sure but, in his mind he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it. It is going to be a pollutant in some shape or form, right? It's going to be a high energy source of the planet. Will be Bitcoin mining. But bizarrely, what ended up happening is it, it it wasn't the majority of the mining that happens on Bitcoin happens on new energy that is used from waste energy, renewable energy that would never have been created before, because that's the only place it's profitable. If you do it in a city and use up what people are going to heat their cup of tea with, or keep their baby's playroom with it's too expensive to use that energy to mine bitcoin so it has to be out it's it's, i just 
I, I love how Bitcoin is fitted into, into society because we, we need to fix, remember these stats. Remember that the amount of people who use Bitcoin for crime is board well 10 to 20 times lower than fiat as a percentage. Really? Yeah, so 0.24% versus 2 to 5. Just remember those stats. Two, what, um, two, 2 to 5% of fear is criminal activity? Yeah. Holy fuck. Who said that, KPMG? Yeah, that's in, that's in the article. And then what else do we have? We had about the social inclusion, so the wallets, the electricity, the fundraising for Ukraine, the payments... Just think, you know, you've got all these things to throw when someone says Bitcoin pollutes um pollutes the planet, you say, You're a racist. You don't want Africans to have bank accounts or receive money. <laughs> well, it, you also yeah, you're right on that front. But again, um again, young MBA and I were talking about this or from the um or from his dissertation and what we need to remember is that Satoshi set out to to essentially uh, break the double spend rule uh, and obviously, well, achieve and understand how to actually to do that. And he did that. But then he also achieved ESG, <laughs> you know, to be ESG compliant. He inadvertently came about you know, setting a whole industry alike that people now make careers from. Um, you know, there was never the thought of exchanges or anything like that to be a thing. There's been so many things just from achieving the um, the the double spend principle. It's just fascinating. I think we need to tell uh, Miss No Show that Satoshi has designed the most the best ESG system ever. It'll be tears of joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I must admit, I, I always wanted, when this whole thing came out, I just wanted Bitcoin just to be a massive polluter. I didn't care. I just fuck. It's just, <laughs> because spending energy to like fix the money was worthwhile. But it, but it's, it's so really, kind of funny that we're actually compliant anyway, even though we don't but, try. Yeah, but you kind of think like it, it gravitates towards the cheapest energy. Oh, and yeah. it's actually the, then the system was designed to help the financial needs of the world. You know, it's not to help the few, it's to help the many. And it's like, I remember something which um, Miss No Show said in one of the early episodes, it is bordering on a socialist ide- ideal, mm. but no one can have control of it. So it's actually this fair system Everyone can have a wallet. Everyone can receive payments. They're not going to get charged through the nose. I mean, it's like, oh, no one can inflate your money away. So it's like this, you know, utopia almost of money. And then throwing the fact that it's ESG because it gravitate, gravitates towards the cheapest. It just means that there's going to be lots of innovation for the next phase. Like, oh, yeah, all the gas flares are taken. What's next? How are we going to do it? Oh, it's going to be the methane produced from rubbish dumps. We're going to siphon it out. And it's just, it's going to be, how is it going to evolve next? What's going to be the big new innovation? Should we move on? Yeah. Talked about ESG for plenty of time. So we're on to Japan. So this is um, the news, but Japan are announcing unscheduled bond buying. Sounds 
like everything's fine. I had to read through the comments because uh, admittedly, I, I didn't get this in terms of the the point of it. It basically means that they've inflated the monetary supply too much, doesn't it? And they have yeah. to buy, the, buy their own debt because no yeah. one's willing to buy it. Um, because you hope the public will buy it because of interest rates, but everyone's like, fuck this, it's shit. It is the biggest and, shit coin. And, but I was also thinking, you know, Japan, you've been in this lowly position since the 90s, you know. Was it Was it the fact that they didn't have interest rates and they stuck to high inflation for that many years? What was the reason? Well, going back, I actually don't, I'd have to quickly have a look in terms of it because my financial knowledge of them is always just being, you know, slow and steady and, yeah, high interest. Um, but I, I think it must have been a collapse, see, way before, which put them back to that point. But, uh, yeah, let's have a quick look. But whilst, whilst I do that, yeah, do you want to give an overview of, of why we've included this and how it relates back to Bitcoin. I suppose this is more Mr. All-In's story, isn't it? Yeah. My story? You added this. Who did? You did, Mr. Dr. 10%. I oh, did I? Yeah, but it's fine. It's because, yeah, I, I just I keep echo the points you've already said, really, which is that like bonds, by definition are a government assurance and a guarantee of a certain kind of percent of growth. So that should be all you need, right? So it's literally the the ironclad guarantee of an investment. Virtually no investment get has an ironclad guarantee to it. Bonds usually, 99.9% of the time, do. So you buy a bond, it says 2%, 3%. You're getting that percent, one hundred percent. Whereas any other investments, all over the place, maybe you win five percent, lose five percent, whatever. Bonds, slow and steady, win the race. So the fact that Japan have had to, as a government, issue a load of bonds, guaranteeing a certain percent, people aren't buying them, and there's a reason why people aren't buying them, and. There's very, very rich people that no matter what will buy a certain percent of bonds. If you have billions and billions and billions of dollars, you'll put some into Bitcoin, some into shares, load into property, da da da. You'll you'll shove a load into bonds just because why not? And you've got billions, diversify, right? And it's guaranteed money. So that type of money is sloshing around all over the place. And Japan, China, Russia, the, you know, the West, America, UK, France, Spain, Germany, whatever. If you're rich, you just shove it into all these bonds. And for some reason, Japan has issued a load of bonds and they haven't been brought up. So every year they'll issue a certain amount of bonds to be brought and their allocation hasn't been brought. So Japan themselves have had to unschedule uh, a buying of their own bonds. And essentially, all what this kind of signifies is people don't have confidence in the Japanese country and government paying back the percent of interest 
on their bonds over the foreseeable future. I was just thinking some other countries done this lately, but I can't remember. I thought it was one of the big ones, like UK or US. They're not alone. Well, I'm sure the US bought a load of their own bonds. Yeah, but, but the fact is, because the US is tagged to the as a petrodollar, it's tagged to petrol or oil, to be more specific. It doesn't have the issue, and also because it's world reserve currency, it'll always have value, whereas Japan... The UK just, bought a load of its own bonds the other month. Well. Yeah, that would be it. But yeah, Japan has been circling the the drain, hasn't it, for quite some time. So I think this is one of the alarms of saying some shit bet might go down here. Yeah, because like really to cut it short, right? So the the reason we issue bonds is that the government want to just make some quick money off the economy growing that they are essentially pumping. So people should jump at that. It's not huge gains, but it's small gains. But in Japan now, the government have issued a bond that pays out a percent. They've had to buy it back off themselves. Because if no one did, then the economy can't start to tank. So what this essentially signifies is, oh dear, is Japan about to tank into hyperinflation because no one wants to buy the bonds, therefore... That's like the lowest thing on the food chain. Yeah, yeah, if because no it's seen wants... as so safe and risk averse. Yeah, yeah. If no one wants to buy the safest thing in Japan, well, who wants to buy the second safest? Third, <laughs> fourth, and yeah. so you can all see the the dominoes that happens after that, and you go, "Oh, is 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 Japan fucked?" Basically, yeah. Just to give you a quick background to answer the uh, previous, it's so post-war Japan's uh, economy rose meteorically in the decades following World War II, peaking in the 80s. Uh, and then they had great import in terms of Japan's export-led growth during this period, attracted capital and helped drive uh, a trade surplus with the US. Trouble is that then Japan got greedy and uh, they embarked on loose monetary policy. (laughs) Words um, kind of candid for, i.e. we started spending more money than we actually had. And then this led to an increased speculation in a soaring, uh, soaring stock market and real estate valuations, which effectively was a bubble and collapsed in the 90s, which meant that they were running a negative economy uh, and, and gross GDP for the next 30 I think years. their index still hasn't gone back up to the levels which it was in the 90s. I uh, don't think so. Uh, yeah, uh, just as by way of background, that, that's why Japan have been where they are for so long. What, what were you reading that off? Uh, Investopedia. That sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go on to our last story of the week. Yep. Uh, we got Spencer Schiff. Send it on a high. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, I've read the tweet, but is there a previous one which explains this? Because it's just... Shift Junior gets wrecked, is how you titled it. I've read it, and obviously he's been coming into my um, feed, but 
How did, what's the origin story? Okay, well, Spencer Schiff is obviously Peter Schiff's son. Yep. Right. So Peter Schiff is a massive Bitcoin fudder, hates it, he's a gold bug. Completely, he gets 98% of the problem, but doesn't get the final 2%, which is the solution. He thinks it's gold. Obviously, we think it's Bitcoin. So Spencer Schiff, over the last couple of years, massive Bitcoiner. He's been arguing against his dad, shitting on his dad. Bitcoin's the answer. Bitcoin's the future. He's orange-pilled. Clearly orange-pilled. However, he clearly wasn't. Because as we see from these tweets, it's somehow the invention of AI has made him realize that Bitcoin is not the future. And But though, however, in his initial tweet, he does say, if I was better, better at saving money, which suggests he's shit at saving money, because his whole net worth is basically his iPhone and his clothes, etc. lol. Un- unlikely when his dad's a multimillionaire. Yeah, which is hello. Yeah, his dad lives in Puerto Rico. I've seen his house. It's fucking massive. Yeah, so, but uh, to, uh, to fair to Peter Schiff, he, he is one of those guys that goes, no inheritance. He is one of those guys. Oh, is he that guy? Yeah, nice. he's going to, yeah, he's going to like spend the last of the money as he's going out, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, um, his hot wife. Yeah, he refreshes the wives and yeah. But um, but yeah, but Spencer, Spencer got Bitcoin. He did. He did. Yeah, I don't think we've ever mentioned him on the podcast before, but he did. Like the last two years, he got Bitcoin. He was arguing with his dad, but now he's going. I honestly don't care about making an effort to save money at this point in my life. A year ago, I was so obsessed with Bitcoin that caused me a lot of stress and hurt in my personal life. Because I was constantly worried about me not having enough Bitcoin. I almost dropped out of college just to work as much as possible to buy as much Bitcoin as possible. I'm super glad I didn't go down that road. So now I'm just enjoying how I have a huge burden lifted off my shoulders since I'm not interested in buying Bitcoin anymore. And he posted this back in July. And... um. Literally a day later, he's going, there's no debt problem anymore. There's no reason to be concerned about debt levels or anything about the economy for that matter. The only actual problem humanity still has is ASI alignment. We can literally print tens of trillions of dollars to pay off the debt and prices will still collapse and we still have a completely unprecedented economic boom where literally everyone gets rich because annual economic output is about to increase by orders of magnitude I won't be surprised if U.S. economic output is 1,000 times higher in 2033 than in 2023. So there's also a follow up in the comments, which is worth mentioning. It says my change in views about Bitcoin have nothing to do with my personal finances. The only factor influenced the change was AI. This is very bizarre. If I was given a million dollars right now to put towards savings i wouldn't buy bitcoin i wouldn't um i would either keep it in usd or invest in ai companies he keep it in cash even though he's talked about above that they can print as much money as they want mm. so let's you get yeah. a million pounds and it's worth 
one pound in terms of purchasing power within 10 years based upon loads of printing. Is it just, is he, is he taking a piss? Is he just trying to troll people? No, I, I think mean, he's... There's a strong possibility. Because yeah. a lot of people for a lot of years thought Peter Schiff was just trolling. But then, but then no. So um, yeah, I commented on it, but obviously way too late. <laughs> and I said, reading his tweets again, it sounds like he just wants to do the opposite of what Daddy wants. Daddy hates Bitcoin, he invests. Daddy hates Keynesian monetary theory. He suckles at the T to quantitative easing. Um, so it's just that she, what he's talking about is like AI is going to take care of everything. No one's going to work anymore. So he has a tweet later on, which is, it's inhumane that people would work still. Yeah, of course. Oh, her, it, it's barbaric. Work, people, if you haven't got it, stuff to do, then like, how do we add value to the world to earn money? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's barbaric that people currently need to work in order to sustain themselves. Anyone should be able to live in a comfortable life without ever working if that's what they want to do. So it is really going down the socialist like manifesto. He's Is he at university? Maybe there's some chick or um, guy or whatever who he really likes, who he's, who he's now believing things for. But my favourite comment on that one is like, about three down, it's a meme. It's a goose. Is it goose? Who will produce the resources you can sh- consume? Who will produce the food service and resources you consume, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly that. Like, they've got this weird, like, ideology in their head, but who's going to produce... And if someone produces, why are they going to be equal to someone who doesn't produce? Yeah. I don't know about the uh, yeah the generation. And maybe it's hard just to read if his stance has changed just from one tweet. But, you know, we've all got uh, young kids and families. And equally, I think that doing the opposite of the parents or not necessarily listening directly to what the parents are doing is just it's just natural isn't it so if he's saying gold 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 the sun's going to go in the opposite direction as he said dr evil 10 percent. and uh you know if if uh if dad is saying no to ai then he's probably doing the same as well it's more the fact that he starts basically talking about ubi and mm. like, and oh don't worry because we're gonna have plenty of resources for everyone. Who's gonna do the work? Who's yeah. gonna who's gonna grow the crops? You know, basic stuff, water, food. Who's gonna grow the food? Who's going to treat the water and install taps? Who's gonna do the work on your house when it falls down? Because you're not working. How is that person gonna be paid? Yeah. I also find it very strange as well that like when most people get Bitcoin, it's not that you then become anti-bitcoin like you yeah you can diversify but it's you don't unprogram what you know do you yeah (laughs) your lens is already your lens is tainted isn't it It, it's tainted pro bitcoin Mm. well it's the truth isn't it yeah the biggest problem is is like someone just grabbed your eyes and just forced them open 
yeah and you see the world for what it really is yeah it's hard to go back and go now let's just put that little veil over it the way everything was pink and did he ever get it or is he just uh a bitcoin bro you know what? I, I don't know because that's the thing. The fact that he ha- he has reversed on his position to such an extent, you go, it's the whole incompetence or compliance thing, isn't it? Or complicit complicitness, and you go, is he now pushing a fiat agenda because he's being paid to? Because if he did get Bitcoin to the extent he seemed to, every single Bitcoiner cannot go back into the fiat world and go, that's nah, fine. And suddenly start pushing that AI is going to solve every problem. Fiat is fine. Don't worry about fiat. AI is the solution to all our problems. And you go, what are you even talking about, bro? Like AI is just a technology evolution that, yeah, could well transform. It's going to make things easier, hopefully. Yeah, it, it could well transform human, human civilization. I completely agree, but nothing will change materialistically unless we convert where the money is printed from and then if we convert that then absolutely we can all benefit from ai if we don't convert that then the four people at the top will benefit from ai and everyone else will suffer and if he got that before which he seemingly did he's now converted completely to ai will fix every problem I, all I can assume from that is the fiat people got to him and paid him a load of money. Well, he's in university. Bollocks. It's basically left-wing fanatics teaching shite, isn't it? Keynesian theory, UBI will solve everything. So here's another tweet. I'm expecting the consumer price index to be lower in 2030 than it was in 2020. It will decline by over 99% before 2040. So basically, whilst they're going to be printing loads all the stuff's going to cost so much less. Um, And then the actual risk of doing dangerous things is now so much higher than I used to believe. If you drive too fast and get in a lethal accident, you're missing out on living trillions of years in the utopia of infinite abundance. It's time to start being extra careful. He's been been taught by left-wingers and he's got into the cult and he's been taking too much acid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's literally thinking he's going to live to a thousand and all that kind of bullshit, oh yeah, he's just yeah. He let's lost. just let's just dismiss. Let's monitor him. <laughs> oh, no, I I, I I did used to follow him, but now I I unfollowed him. So I'm just like I don't want to deal with this shit to my feed. You scared me now. That's it. Do I still follow him? No, I don't. But he talks about having no possessions, not saving money. And like I said, he's just gone towards left-wing ideology. He thinks the government's going to save him. That's a sour note which you've ended on. I know. Just like, I don't know, have an ESG song or something playing now. Um, yeah, what what else can we say? Hey, eh? yeah, Puck Junior Chef. We still love Pete, though. He's the official Bitcoin mascot. <laughs> Very true. About Nate Diaz losing yet another fight, but Oof. 
somehow becoming out the winner to Jake Paul. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, Nate was never going to win. Like, he wasn't in any type of... Sh- I'm surprised he did 10. He didn't look like in shape at all. Like I say, there's going to be very few people who get the spinal pod. Men will be listening. Why the fuck are we talking about UFC? <laughs> Let's leave. Get us out. Let's of just leave. Okay. Right. Well, this has been Pod 107, brought to you by Mr. Orlin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Never Look, aka the Excellence of Execution. And surprise, surprise, she was here, but she's never here. Mrs. No Show, aka no show we didn't do anything that could get us cancelled but of course we may have and we're still not sponsorable this is pod 107 all out peace